We've we've spent money on plugins for this express purpose. Money on plugins. <laughs> This is Originality, the podcast where we talk about and explore the roots of creative genius. I am one of your hosts, Aline Sims, and I am joined as ever by someone I have actually met in person at this point in time, my co-host, Kay Tempest Bradford. And that's right. We did totally meet. But as you pointed out on Twitter earlier, we for we didn't take pictures <laughs> of no, ourselves. We were too busy talking, but we were together for like 36 hours. It was amazing. Right? It was pretty great. So yeah, we've been podcasting together for what, like two, over two years? And yeah, this is the have. first time that we ever met in person. It was It was awesome. It's the future where you can like be a be a coworker with someone that you have not seen in the flesh ever. But I'm glad that's been rectified. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was. So this week uh, we had uh, actually a guest who is a listener. Um, he is a fairly new acquaintance to me. Um, his name is Jay Miller, and I'm going to let him, as always, introduce himself. My name is Jay Miller. I am a multi-potentialite through and through, and that just means I do a lot of really fun things. Uh, I am a developer. I'm a system administrator. I am a community manager, and I am a podcaster. And that leads me to talk about my community a little. I am the founder of a community called Productivity in Tech, which is for people like me that do too many things and can't figure out how to get it all done. So that's Jay, and uh, he's, like I said, a new Twitter friend, and I was so glad that he reached out to talk about bullet journaling. So I love bullet journaling, but I also have a complicated relationship with bullet journaling, which is actually how this episode and this conversation came about, because we we had talked in an earlier episode about some of our complicated relationships with bullet journaling, and Jay was like, wait, have you considered this? You should talk to me about it. And we were like, yes, we should. Yeah, so I I actually have never tried bullet journaling, as I stated in that episode that went out like, I don't know, a month ago or more at this point. But I need something desperately. And so I'm going to try bullet journaling and see how it goes. Um, so maybe, first of all, we should talk about what what bullet journaling is. Tempest, do you have kind of a synopsis you can give? I can... I can read a thing from bulletjournal.com, um, but maybe uh, we could start with you explaining from, from your perspective. Yeah, and and actually there was a really great article that I found that got me started on bullet journaling, which you will find in the show notes, that broke down bullet journaling in a way that other things that I had seen had not broken it down and that made me understand what it was for and why it was good. Essentially, the name bullet journal gets its you know, provenance from the fact that you t- you could take a blank journal. The journal can have no lines on the page. It can have lines. It can have dots. Lots of people enjoy the dots. And you do things that the very basics of it is there's a bullet point for all your to-dos. So, you know, to-do one, go to the grocery store, to-do two, walk the dog, whatever. There's a bullet point for that. And then with each task that you have, you can add things to the bullet 
that indicate either the bullet is done, you can put a little X through it, that you've migrated that task to the next day, you put a little carrot on it, um, that it's important, so you make the bullet point into an actual exclamation point, and other things along those lines. Uh, so that's sort of like the very, very fundamental of the bullet journal. It's a to-do list where you can indicate what you have done, what you still need to do, where you've moved it, whether it's an important task um, or not. And and there are some other things that go along with that, which we'll get into. Um, and then other than that, it's like a calendar. Here's a list of all the days in the month and what is happening on those days. Here's a list of what's going on this week and what's happening in that week. But because you're using a blank journal to do it, you can create journal pages, bullet journal pages for anything that you want to keep track of. Do you want to keep track of your habits? Do you want to keep track of how many books you've read? Um, if you're a creative person, do you want to keep track of when you were doing your creative work, how many hours you spent in it, how many words you wrote, you know, whatever it is that you, that is the thing that you keep track of to, to make sure that you know that you're moving along at the pace you want. You can create pages for all of that. And then it's all sort of tied together by an index at the very beginning that you create so that you can very easily find these pages, either with your to-do list, with your tracking pages, whatever it is. It's great because it's flexible because you get to be the one to create the different pages and then you can find them again in the index. It's also great because it can be as simple and basic or complex as you want it to be. And that's sort of the beauty of bullet journaling. The thing I think that appeals to me is, is that it's basically at its core just a list and what I have found for me as I've tried different productivity systems um, and abandoned them all is what I always come back to is a un an unbound sheet of paper that I just start writing all of the things I need to get done on. And I, you know, I create my own little approximation of a square so I can check things off. And then like when the paper gets full or there are a lot of things on it checked off or like I can't tell what I still need to do or maybe a lot of things have dropped off, whatever, then I've started with a new unbound sheet of paper and just, you know, migrated the things over that I needed to migrate and then kind of shredded that piece of paper, um, which is a little bit satisfying, the original, you know, the first list. Um, but I always come back to that. And I've tried so many systems. I've talked about talked about Habitica on here previously. I've tried uh, an app called Do, which is D-O-O, -O, which is super, super cute and lightweight and easy to read. I've tried uh, an app on iOS called One Big Thing, um, which I actually really love, but I abandoned because the font is too hard for me to read, um, and they they continue to not add font options for it. I've tried more complex things like OmniFocus. Uh, I love the people at Omni. I'm friends with many of them. I cannot use OmniFocus. Same with Things 3. Same with, like, it goes on and on and on. I've tried all of these things. And I, I get really, really bogged down in the tool and I get really, really overwhelmed with things like getting things done. Like I remember someone talking about getting things done on a podcast once and why he loved it so much and he was explaining it and I was hyperventilating because I was like, that is so overwhelming. It was, the example was like, if you need to change a light bulb, you need to create a project called change a light bulb. And in that you need to add, get ladder and get what? light bulb and get... <laughs> 
uh, and, uh, you know, drop off Ols light bulb at recycling center and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like hyperventilating, listening to him explain it. It was a Merlin man on back to work many years ago. I'll try to find that specific episode. I don't know if I can and put it in the show notes, but, uh, he is, he is a lovely man. He is a productivity guru. I like him a lot. Um, but I'm like, Merlin, I can't do this. Like, I know you're super into getting things done and I just, it is, it is super not for me. Um, so yeah, that's that, why that doesn't sound I mean that that sounds like very very complex for very simple things and I suppose there are some people for whom that might be very useful mm-hmm. but uh yeah I, that doesn't sound like it's for me either yeah a lot of a lot of people swear by it and I think there are a lot of things to take out of it like um, one one of the things is if a task will take you two minutes or less to accomplish just do it you know don't don't let it languish um because I don't know, I tend, I tend to procrastinate on everything. <laughs> that, so that's a good rule. If I think about it, I'm like, how long will it take me to put my glass in the dishwasher? Um, yeah, maybe I should do that instead of letting the pile of dishes stack up or whatever. But, um, but that's a good thing. But like the, the granularity of breaking down projects is intended to relieve stress, but I am not of the personality where, where that is useful at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you. So there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> so maybe at some point we'll have someone on who can come extol the virtues of getting things done. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's certainly not for me. Um, so I like, I like the idea of writing on it and I'm, and I'm an analog tools kind of freak. And we're going to talk about that later because, uh, this is a thing I can talk about for a long time. And I think you can too, Tempest, uh, after going into a stationary story with you. Um, there were so many journals. <laughs> it was so pretty. Um, so I was curious, um, I'm going to play a clip in a second about, about how Jay got, got started with bullet journaling, but Tempest, I was wondering how you, um, you said you came across this article that broke it down in such a way that it, it made it, uh, comprehensible for you and easy for you to get started. But why do you think when you read that article, it resonated with you and, and hit you or, uh, occurred to you that this was maybe a system that would work well for you? It was because the article was very specifically geared toward breaking down bullet journals away from the the typical bullet journal stuff you see online. If you sort of just do a random Google search or if you go into Pinterest or Tumblr or Instagram and search for bullet journal or Bujo or whatever, the majority of the stuff that you're going to come across is people creating these lavish, complicated, artistic layouts for things like my week. And you look at, and and I would look at those things and be like, who has time to to do a full scale like painting, you know, on the on a two page spread of their you know moleskin mm-hmm. of a sunset and a horse and five different you know little <laughs> boxes for the days of the week. I'm like, I, it seems like you would be spending all of your time creating that layout and not actually getting the things done that are on your to do list. And that was just like the impression that I kept having, like. All of them were really beautiful. Like if if you just want to see some like nice, artistic, interesting, you know, layouts for the things that we did today, you can find that if you search through the bullet journal tags on on any um, social network that's, you know, very image heavy where they all hang out. And, and that's what you'll find. But every time I looked at that, I was just like, I can't do that. I don't draw. I, you know, stick figures in me. That's pretty much it. I and and it actually did give me a lot of anxiety for even thinking about starting a bullet journaling 
system because I was like, but I can't do that. And if I can't do that, does that mean I'm not doing bullet journaling right? Ah, it stopped me for just a very long time. It stopped me from even considering it. But this article, it was on BuzzFeed, very specifically was like, no, cut out all of that. Don't even look at that. Let's look at what this is at its core. And then at the end of it, they were like, now, here's a nice layout. This is the layout that people see. And they're like, ooh, I have to have that all the time. But really, literally, this is not necessary. It's just something that some people do. But if you don't do that, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It's just that it's, you know, that's for other people to do. And so that's when I was like, okay, I can do this. If I am not bound to, you know, like being super artistic, if I if that's not the point of bullet journaling, if the point of bullet journaling is like these are the basic things, I think that I can do that. And that's when I sat down and I first tried to to get it done. See, that allays a lot of my concerns. So I'm, I'll be excited to get my eyeballs on this article because uh, that's one of my things is I've, I've looked at Instagram and I follow a bunch of bullet journal, you know, like accounts of people who bullet journal and post their bullet journal spreads, as they say. Um, and they're beautiful. And it's like, mine is going to be ugly as heck. Like it's not going to be pretty. So, yeah. And I, I do wonder if that stops a lot of people from, from bullet journaling. So ho- hopefully if, if that's you and you're listening to this, um, hopefully that kind of is comforting to you as it is to me. Um, I'm going to play the clip right now of, of Jay's, uh, introduction. Well, Genesis, I guess, into bullet journaling. So I am a, I'm a fan of technology as a whole, but I'm also a fan of kind of the history of technology. And when I was looking for my own productivity system, I wanted to start at the basics. Uh, something that I've learned about myself is I I don't like using plugins or modules or things like that. I always keep it as basic as as possible. And then I add to it as necessary. And I mean, what's more basic than pen and paper? I mean, that is that's like the the bare bones of of anything that we do nowadays. I mean, I, I could go out and find like a rock and a chisel, but that might take a little while. So for me, I was getting out of the military. I was a United States, I was a, well, a Marine for five years. And from there, I got into my first job and it was like night and day. Instead of being told what to do, it was like, okay, here's your responsibilities, have fun. And I knew that I had like a three month review period before ultimately they were going to say, uh, it's not working out. I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go. And before that happened, I was like, all right, I need to do something because I am just drowning. So I pulled out a piece of paper. I created a bunch of lists that said, okay, let's figure out how we can be, how we can be productive in this. And I wrote three lists that said, do this now or you're fired do this later or you're fired or don't do this at all and nothing bad will happen. And what I started doing was I started taking these pieces of paper and I would, I would collect them and I would put them just like in a folder. (laughs) And I just started noticing, like I would go back like, all right, what did I do yesterday? And I was like, okay, there has to be a better way to do this. So then I started looking up journaling techniques and like different note keeping techniques and I came across uh, bulletjournal.com, which is the jumping off point for everybody that is even slightly interested in bullet journaling. And when I saw it, I was like, perfect. This is like a programmatic system designed for, for techie people to have an analog productivity system. 
And this was before I had ever played around with Evernote. This was before I had played around with any apps and things like that. So for me, this was the way to go. And I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with just keeping my notes and feel that feeling that you get when you just have it all together. So I, I guess that's that's like the best way to to introduce my my love for for bullet journaling. So I love that that he had a do this or you'll get fired list. I kind of feel like that's me. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't I yes. don't work a nine to five job, but I kind of feel it's like if you don't post originality, then they're not going to let you have this podcast anymore. And if you don't, you know. Uh, I like that list. I'm, I might getting fired is a great motivator <laughs> to do. Is. Like, I don't want to get fired. Maybe I should do that thing. It's on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I like uh, about what he was talking about is how, even though this is a very analog system, the bullet journaling, it does appeal to me, I think, as a techie person. I mean, I'm, I know that that's not true for everybody. Like, there are a lot of people who do bullet journaling who, you know, as we were saying before, they're very artistic or they're not necessarily techie and it still appeals to them. And and I also, in thinking about, he said that it was, he discovered this before he discovered Evernote. I discovered bullet journaling even after I'd been on Evernote for a really long time and had been using it fairly seriously. And my first instinct when I was like, okay, I can do this bullet journal thing was to do it in Evernote because I have it on my phone. I have it on my computer. I was like, yeah, I could, you know, type in all of my different to-do lists and make my, you know, monthly spread and weekly spread and whatever in Evernote. And then as I go through my day, check it, cross things out, um, you know, replacing the little dot with an X, whatever it was. But what became very clear to me immediately is that I didn't want to do it in Evernote. Like, it was efficient. And yes, I always had my phone with me. But what I realized is that I needed to actually write down it by hand the things that I needed to do every day or that day or whatever it was. And that there was something about going back to that and by hand putting an X to the little dot or putting the carrot to migrate it to the next day or whatever it was that made it more useful to me, that made me more willing to go to that book and look at it and deal with it than I had been with Evernote. So even though all my templates are still in Evernote, I have like a little folder with all the different note templates. I don't use it because um, it was very clear to me right away. I just needed to go and do it analog style. I'm wondering too, I think, I think part of that is, is why my lists have worked so well for me when I've done them. Um, and of course the, the black hole is that I, I don't do them consistently, which is what the bullet journal I hope will address. But I wonder too, if there's something more tangible and real about writing it for, you know, maybe people like you and me, I don't necessarily, I'm not trying to speak for you, but like if, if that makes it more real, whereas, you know, we do so much digitally that, you know, I, I type a thing into Twitter and I type a thing into Bear, which is the app I use for, you know, uh, I never used Evernote, but it's kind of, that's what it serves for me, I think. Um, or, or whatever, I type a status into, to whatever, and then it's kind of gone. And I'm wondering if there's something, uh, if it's just that it's unusual now to write something down and that's what makes it stick a little bit more, or if it makes it real or, or what that is. But I feel like there's something there, at least for certain types of people that makes it, uh, more important or, or something to us. Yeah, I, and I don't know what it is, but I feel like possibly it might be tied to the difference between 
writing something by hand and say typing it on a computer that happens in your brain. Um, I talked to author Andrea Harrison about this uh, for my other podcast, The Right Gear, which is on hiatus. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry. It's such a good show. But, you know, because Andrea and I had had a conversation about this prior to me interviewing her about it for the podcast. And that's why I, I was like, I need to sit down and talk to you about this, about the connection between the hand and the brain and creativity and how there is just something that's going on in your brain when you're when you're writing by hand or probably possibly doing anything by hand including you know painting whatever and typing on a computer because when you write out words by hand you have a different motion for every letter of the alphabet but when you're typing on a computer you're doing the same thing no matter what the letter is you know you're just pressing a button and you know, for whatever reasons, that is doing different things in our brains. And that is why Andrea says that she needs to start creative projects by writing by hand. She may not write out the whole draft by hand, but she's going to get started and take notes and all that stuff, you know, all the thinking about coming up with part of the creative process by hand. Um, and and again, like my bullet journal is not necessarily part of my creative process, but it probably has, I feel like it must have something to do with that. Like it must have something to do with like the part of my brain that is activated, satisfied, you know, made to feel like this is something that I can do, that I can accomplish, that goes with the writing of my to-do list by hand, crossing them out by hand, et cetera. So... Can I ask what you, do you use your bullet journal strictly for to-dos or do you keep track of other things in there too? I keep track of just a few tiny things um, because again, I didn't want to get into like a whole bunch of different tracking because I knew then I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, some of the things that I try to keep track of just to make sure that I'm I'm on track to doing them every day and they also relate to how how well I'm doing on the mental health scale um, is whether or not I've taken my meds, um, whether or not I have exercised or or at least walked, how many words I write in a day and when I write them. And what was it? Oh, meditation is the other thing that mm-hmm. I sort of track. And so I have like in my weekly layout, I have a little uh, grid that I put at the top that, you know, has spaces for those things. So I can mark off. Yes, I did those things on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatnot. Um, and then other than that, the calendar layout so that I can remember things that are coming up. I mean, I also use an electronic calendar for that too, but one of the things that the fabulous app, which we've talked about, uh, in previous episodes, um, the fabulous suggests that you, you know, sit down every day and actually look forward and be like, what's coming up instead of just sort of like leaving a reminder for it. And then like, you know, whenever the reminder goes up, you're like, oh yeah, that thing was happening, which happens to me way too much. So I try to like, look at the monthly layout every day or every other day and, and see what's coming up. Um, and also look at like my sort of like monthly to do's, which are different from my daily to do's. So I I don't have, uh, this part, this, this clip, handy but uh jay was talking about how he he has two different notebooks that he actually uses and that creates a flexible system for him he he puts it in a midori's traveler's notebook and he keeps one for like his to-dos and then one for you know for whatever else he needs and that way you know he he knows exactly where things are in his system which i think is cool and i think is uh one of the cool things the best things about bullet journaling and i feel like 
that's where electronic apps tend to break for people is they're not flexible like like pen and paper are. It's, you know, you you do things a certain way and then that's how you do them. And if you need to change the system, everything falls apart. That's my experience. That's kind of what I've observed watching other people too, is they're like, oh yeah, I'm really into using, you know, blah, blah, blah app on my, you know, electronic devices. And then one day they're like, this isn't, this isn't working. This isn't doing what I needed to do. I have everything in here. I've invested so much time in this and it's completely broken. Whereas with a something like um, bullet journaling, or I think even using Evernote or, or more flexible apps, you, you can evolve over time and you can change how you do things over time and see what fits for you. Um, and again, as Jay pointed out uh, in a clip that I don't have handy, uh, you can also um, you look back over time, you know, hang on to those notebooks and look back and see where you were and reinstitute things if you need to. And that's the thing you can't do with apps. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of apps are designed to do things the way that the people who came up with the idea for that app, want to do them. And that's great because it's going to work for a subset of people. It's always going to work for a subset of people. Um, it's probably going to work best for that person who designed it. But there are going to be, you know, tons of other people who are like, oh, yes, that that's going to work for me. And then there's going to be a subset of those people who are like, this works for me 85% of the time. But that 15% just makes me want to throw things like the the way that it doesn't work in those instances uh, is really a bummer. And then that's why uh, they run away from the app eventually. But you're right. Like they, they get that sense of, but I spent so much time, mm-hmm. you know, invested so much time in this and for it to not work in this one particular way is so, so frustrating. So yeah, I, I like that about bullet journals because it, it does provide a flexibility and, it's also just very forgiving. Like, oh, you didn't do that thing. Oh, no, it, the layout that you created wasn't quite right. Oh, no, you accidentally skipped a page. Now there's a blank page in the middle of everything. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You just keep keep on trucking, keep on moving. Do something else with that blank page. Draw a kitty. <laughs> so, so draw a kitty. I kind of want that to be a hashtag, just like for whatever something goes wrong and just hashtag draw a kitty. Right. Um, but see, and this is uh, one of my first ideas for originality for for like what episode should we do was uh, getting over the fear of a blank bound notebook uh, because I have approximately 73 million blank notebooks in my house because wow. I, I don't know. know what that's like at all. Not <laughs> because- at all. Because I am so afraid. It's like I, I, I buy a notebook and I'm like, this notebook is beautiful and pristine. And what what needs to go in this needs to be perfect, which is like bunk, right? It's it's absolutely absurd. But I think everybody I've ever talked to about a new notebook, they're like, I am buying this notebook to do this very specific thing and it is going to be perfect. And then they never write in it because <laughs> this this perfect bound tome of dead trees is like they know that, that they're never going to reach their own expectations for what they put in it. But 
that's why I think loose leaf paper has always worked well for me is because then it's just like there's no record. There's no there's no draw a kitty on it space because if I mess up, I just shred this and recycle it and it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's such a big thing. And so I I, I might have 73 million blank notebooks in my house um, <laughs> but it's it's not entirely my fault because one of the things that happens is when people know that you're a writer they give you notebooks gift, right gift giving time comes around you're like oh thanks for the 50th moleskin of the year thank you um and it's not even that you are you know not grateful because it shows that people are like oh she's a writer she must need a journal let me go out and find you a really pretty journal and then they do what they don't know about me and what I try to keep, you know, under wraps is up opening the 50th moleskin of the year. And don't think I don't appreciate some of those moleskins because bullet journaling has given me a purpose for them, actually. Nice. I have such particular needs for my journal for writing. Like I have real, real specific needs mm-hmm. to the point where it is really hard for me to find a journal that I use for like my creative writing journal that. I I wouldn't put that on anybody else. I wouldn't be like, why didn't you go get me the very perfect journal that I don't, don't even know how to find? How dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, because perfect bound just doesn't work for me for creative work for a lot of reasons. However, once I started bullet journaling, I was like, this is finally a use for all those moleskins that I, that I do have. Um, I had a friend, a very dear friend, give me a purple polka dotted moleskin last Aww, year. Cute. And yeah, I know. And so when I was like, okay, it's time for my 2017 bullet journal, I was like, please let me go find my purple polka dotted awesome moleskin that my friend gave me. Uh, and, and so that's the one that I currently have right now. You will find a lot of people who are like, no, no, no. It has to be blank or no, 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 it has to be dotted and it has to be, you know, this type of paper, whatever. A composition notebook is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, just or or just like a mead three subject notebook is fine. Like literally any kind of paper that you want to use is fine. The reason I think that people like get really excited about the dots is because of the... um more flexibility in layout opportunities because instead of like having lines that you have to be rigidly about, you can create boxes of many different sizes, da, da, da. Oh, that's fine. And every now and then I do go like, I really wish I had a dotted one because I would like to do this lovely layout. And then I'm like, (laughs) get yourself together, girl, and go put something. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Because then like, it would be another thing that I have bought when I already have a bunch of things that are perfectly useful for it. But I think that's, that is something that sometimes people need to be able to get over as well is the idea that, you know, oh, I I can't use this because it's not the perfect thing. Mm, The perfect thing doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, um, yeah. as as I have found in my my search for the perfect journal. But in terms of yeah, like that blank page thing, again with the bill of journaling, you're not really faced with a oh my god, what do I put in here? Because there's a system. Like at the very beginning, you put your index, and then you put your yearly you know, calendar page, and then you put the first month calendar page, whatever month you're starting with, and then you do your daily things like. There you go. You have a template for for what to do first. And so that takes away a little of the, oh, my God, anxiety. Um, If you feel like you can't work inside of a journal that's too pretty on the outside, then, yeah, like I said, just go out and get a composition notebook and then you'll feel a lot better about it. I know some people who 
who love paper blanks journals because they are beautiful, because they replicate the the look and sort of the feel of old, you know, archival books from the medieval times or whatever. I mean, paper, paper blanks journals are gorgeous. They are. And they're meant for like those people who are like, I want a book that has my words in it that has gold on the on the edges <laughs> of the pages. Good for you. I am excited about that. I am here for you people. I love you. But yeah, some people are completely intimidated by that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So so yeah, I, I just wish personally that paper blanks would make journals that were spiral. They used to and they don't anymore. And I've had this fight with them on Twitter about this. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, because I would love to have a beautiful gilded looking like it belongs on a library bookshelf journal, but I need wirebound. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so it's funny that you say that because I hate wirebound because it gets caught on stuff and then the coils get bent out of shape and they're a little lopsided and crooked and, and it's not perfect anymore. I have issues. Apparently I am learning as I'm speaking. Um, so I don't use spiral notebooks for pretty much anything, but if it's not a perfect bound notebook, and when we say perfect bound, we mean it's like bound on the side and it has like a spine. And so it has to lie flat. If it doesn't lie flat, it's a no-go. But then there are issues because unlike spiral bound, you often can't fold it over on itself. And so if you're constrained in space, then that's a pain in the butt and um, all of that. Uh, One thing that I have found that works for me, for getting over my uh, anxiety about writing in a journal is I actually have a a disc bound uh, notebook. I actually have several of them. And what that is, is uh, there are several different brands. There's Levenger has one called, uh, their their line is called Circa. It is extremely expensive. Um, But that's how I first learned about disc bound things. Um, Staples and Office Max, if you're in the U.S., both have disc bound systems. Uh, Staples is called Arc. I can't remember what Office Max is, is called. And then there's like actually the Happy Planner. Is this planner, uh, it's, not a bullet journal. Um, it's has months and weekly layouts and that kind of thing. And they have a disc band system too. Uh, and so basically what it is, is it allows you to remove pages and put them back in again. So it's not like a perforation or anything. It's got just like little, it's almost like a three ring notebook, but with, uh, with more places and you don't have to deal with like opening and closing rings and pinching yourself and, and hurting yourself. Not that I have experience doing that. Um, so if, not at, if, all. <laughs> not, not at all, not at all. So if you're one of those people and you're in the U S and maybe in other countries too, I'm sorry, I, I don't know, but, uh, that might be a solution for you is to go get the to Staples or office max, um, or even look at Levenger's site and find a size that works for you. They have like mini ones and they have, of kind of the, the moleskin size and they also have eight and a half by 11 size um, and they have hole punches. So I actually make, <laughs> I make my, I print my own paper and <laughs> put it in there. So the lines are just perfect. I'm so sorry. I'm just, this is beautiful. I, I don't know. I have problems anyway. Um, let's, because we've moved on to the tools discussion, let's play Jay talking a, a little bit about tools. And this actually came about because I asked him for his tips for getting started. And we'll get into the tools portion of it here in just a second. Uh, you'll see there's a lot of different ways to get into bullet journaling. Some people use it just as a daily planner. Uh, for me, my setup is about 90% daily planner. And then the other 10% is tracking. But figure out what's important to you first, and then 
your first bullet journal, always put that stuff at the end. That way you give yourself space, enough space to actually work on things. What I've come to learn is a lot of people, if they'll put it at the beginning and then they'll come up with another idea of what to add. And then they're like, oh, no, I don't have anywhere to put this now because I've started using my bullet journal. And then they think, oh, the whole thing is ruined. What am I going to do? Draw a kitty on it. If you put it at the end, you can then just add to it, you know, one page over and that will really help you. The other thing is come up with a set time for you to actually do your journaling. I do mine at the same time every single day, except for on the weekends when I wake up whenever I want. But Monday through Friday, I wake up at 530 in the morning. We have new, we have puppies, so I let them out and do their thing. And while they're doing their thing and I'm waiting for them to come back in, I use that time to set up my day. And it's good because I'm not looking at email. I'm not checking Twitter. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm having an internal time with myself to really just figure out what am I doing today? And from there, you write all that stuff down. And I mean, that's it. That ultimately, that is bullet journaling. Like you add some bullets to it and perfect bullets and journaling. You're, you've got it. And of course, you're going to have your table of contents. I would say if you're really wanting to get started quickly, there is a notebook called the Luchstrom 1917. It's a great notebook for bullet journaling. I think it's actually considered like the bullet journaling notebook because it has numbered pages and a table of contents already in there. Um, So if you want to just jump right in, grab one of those notebooks, give yourself time to actually plan your days out and then have at it. I mean, have fun with it. Okay, so first I want to say that I think a very key key thing for me in getting started with this is I used to get up at the same time every day, including weekends, and for 30 minutes I would sit and write. And then immediately after I wrote, um, it's kind of like morning pages, which we talked about in uh, in the last episode. Um, instead of writing for three pages, I just wrote for 30 minutes. And then immediately after that, I would look at my calendar and my to-do lists and start planning out my day. And I think that's going to be a really big part of uh, – bullet journaling being successful for me is also establishing a routine around, uh, around actually doing it. Like it's got to become a part of my life. But, uh, now going back to tools, uh, the, the luck term or, or luch term, I'm not sure how to say it properly, um, with my English speaking mouth, American English speaking mouth. Um, the, but that is definitely what I see often with bullet journaling for the reasons that Jay stated, because it has page numbers on it already. It has a table of contents in the front. So those aren't, aren't steps that you have to take yourself. Um, there is an official bullet journal, uh, like term that you can buy and I'll put that in the show notes too. So it's got like a little guide in front, I guess. I don't actually own one because, uh, it's $25 and I don't want to spend $25 on an experiment at this point in time, which might be the wrong way to approach this, but I have lots of notebooks. Um, but it's got like your like a little cheat sheet for um for how to how to get started and what different like symbols you can use um and that kind of thing. And it's got like three bookmarks, which is unheard of for notebooks, um, and that kind of thing. So uh we'll have links to to both the lect terms uh and the bullet journal notebook in the show notes for you. Um I think I'm actually gonna start with the field notes. I don't know if that's the wrong thing to do. No, I don't know. Field Notes is a good brand. I mean, I think one of the reasons why, and I don't, I don't know how to say the brand name either, which I feel like 
is is that a problem for them? I don't know. I just look I at them and I'm like, L um something. Yes. <laughs> 1917. Yeah. No, yeah. The the that one. Um but one of the reasons why they they're often cited as like being really good bullet journals, other than the fact that like they usually come with the dots. You, like you can get them with lines and blanks too, but they come with dots. Definitely um, use and dots. And there's no. yeah. I'm just hey, <laughs> I'm just saying, like just if, if that's what you want, go for it. People people love the dots. But um but also because the paper is a really good quality stock paper. And and that's like a thing with journals in general, is that, you know, if you go to Barnes and Noble um, or some other books, or are there other physical books? Or I don't even know anymore. Um, or or some other place that sells stationery and they have journals. The biggest problem that you will encounter is that you know you'll be like, oh, look at this! It's really beautiful. It has like some sort of inspiring quote on the front, la la la. And then you go to write in it, and all of your ink bleeds through to the other side of the mm-hmm. page, and maybe even the page under that because it's crappy paper. And and that's you know yet another thing that is part of my like no i need like this level of paper to be in my journal because i use you know this kind mm-hmm. of pen so so yeah those the the 1917 journals they have really good paper so they that do. if you are a bullet journaler who uses a fountain pen you're you know the the ink is not going to bleed through to the next page um you don't have to use a fountain pen i prefer the uniball jet stream for my bullet journaling in part because it's not it, it's like an ink pen, but it's not a ballpoint. Um, it's a mixture. It's like a sort of hybrid type of thing that flows a little bit more like a, an ink pen, but it has a mechanism like a ballpoint. I don't know how to explain it. But at any rate, I use that one for bullet journaling because um, even on moleskins, moleskins used to have really good paper stock. Now the paper stock is not quite as good and no. it's definitely not great if you're using a fountain pen. But for the Uniball Jetstream, like it works because that ink is not a very bleedy ink. So I that's what I use um in the bullet journal that I have now. And and yeah, like you know, looking those are also the kind of things like I I don't want to encourage people to like get way too far into things and overthink the bullet journal experience because again, like simple just go out and buy a composition book but one of the things that like once you've like settled yourself into the system you're like yes I think that this is something that I want to do is making sure that like the journal itself is going to be something you want to deal with like you don't necessarily if bullet journaling becomes your jam want to have a journal that like is constantly giving you problems just to use it just to like write on it you don't want that and you know oddly enough like composition notebook paper is pretty good paper for this purpose you know, it's not really terrible paper, so go for it. Um, but just being aware of that type of thing. So you don't want to, like, just grab anything. You want to take a look. Like, if I'm going to be using a fountain pen for this, is this paper going to work with this fountain pen? If I'm going to be, you know, carrying it around in my bag or purse or whatever, is this size going to be something that I'm going to throw in there so that I can carry it with me all the time and add things to it as the day goes on, etc. Those you, you should think about those things. Just don't overthink them. Because again, like the perfect thing probably doesn't even necessarily exist. And one journal may end up being perfect for you for reasons that you didn't even consider to begin with. So I say start, you know, simple and inexpensive, but you also just want thing, want something that you're going to want to have with you. Yeah, and that's part of the reason for field notes. So first of all, uh, field notes are, I mean, they're not inexpensive notebooks. I'm not saying they're super cheap, but you can get a three-pack for like 15 bucks. Um, and they're pocket-sized. They're, well... <laughs> 
if you have like dude pockets, they're pocket size. Right, um, man pockets. Man Women don't pockets. get pockets. Women don't get pockets. My pockets are sewn shut. Anyway, uh, so but they're they're pretty small, and so I have a pocket in my purse, which I if I'm out of the house, that purse is with me. Um, unfortunately, I've become that person. I never wanted to be that person, but I am. Um, but I have a pocket that exactly fits a field notes in my purse, and so I can put a field notes in there. I can clip a pin in there, and I'm I'm good to go. I'll have it with me. Um, and it's also kind of small. So I feel like I will give myself more freedom to experiment with things and something that's small as opposed to something like a, a moleskin or one of the lecterns or even a composition notebook, um, because it doesn't have a ton of pages in it. So I can kind of play around with different things and not feel like I have to be committed to sticking with a style because I, I mean, I just, that's something I'm going to do despite, uh, your your encouragement not to. <laughs> I know that that's something that I'm going to do. So as I'm playing around with it, um, I, I'll feel like I can make macro large scale changes if I need to. Whereas, you know, if I'm in a bigger, bigger notebook, I might not feel like I can. Um, and also they're just kind of cool. And we have, we have many of them in this little house of ours. Uh, they're, they are a, a contributing factor to our stack of many millions of notebooks. So if I can kind of get us through a couple of those, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then once I have something figured out, I might decide, hey, this is too small. I need something that's more of like a an A5, which I think is like an eight by five inch size notebook, more like a, a, a mid-size moleskin or whatever. And then I can switch to that um, and still have filled up a notebook. And so that's kind of my reasoning for going with that. Also, I do like fountain pens. I do use fountain pens, and I know that the Field Notes paper will take fountain pen ink pretty pretty readily. Um, so I don't have to worry about, you know, like with a moleskin or with even a composition notebook, they don't play quite as well with fountain pen paper. So, or not fountain pen paper, fountain pen ink. Um, and uh, Jay uses fountain pens too. Let's. Uh, I'm going to play a bit of him talking a little bit more about his tools. I, I invested in a lot of, I won't say expensive, but higher end equipment for my bullet journaling and also my, my journaling and productivity in general. I, I really believe if you add value to something, you'll want to use it. So I use a Twisby 580 AL, which is a fountain pen for my bullet journaling for my most common. And then I have a Twisby Eco that I use for my headings and Whenever I want to get colorful, like if I'm doing my monthly spreads, I have like some $5 like Wahiro like fine liners that you can pick up anywhere. But everything that I've done in my bullet journal, every like from the, the paper quality to um, the inserts, which I can talk about later because I use a Midori Traveler's notebook now, um, to choosing the Midori Traveler's notebook to the the coins, the Japanese coins that I have on the front to the stamps that are on my wallet. Like all of these things were very, very, they were designed to appeal to me so that I will use it. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up is they go, okay, I'm going to jump in and they go to like the 99 cent store and grab like a comp composition notebook. And there's no value gained or lost in in doing these things now. Cause it's like, Oh, I mean, just a dollar notebook, whatever. But when you drop like a hundred bucks on a notebook, you're like, I better use this thing or my wife's going to kill me. So Jay's, <laughs> Jay's oh taking, Oh my God, a hundred dollars. <laughs> 
Jay's taking a kind of kind of the a, a different approach, but I do feel like Jay kind of put that experimentation phase in place. He talked about it um, kind of in his journey to getting started, where he was just writing, making those lists and filing them away. So I feel like he kind of had a had an idea of what he needed before he invested times in um, in these amazing fountain pens. I am myself a <clears throat> Twisby eco user. Um, so, uh, fancy. I, yeah. I, I, I love this pen. Um, but, um, I, I, I kind of, I do like the philosophy though. And I do have a feeling that once I get through some field notes and I know what works for me, that I will s- probably start money willing anyway, probably start investing in some, uh, some different tools to use. And, uh, I might go the, the traveler's notebook route or something like that, as opposed to sticking to, you know, pocket sized journals. Yeah. I've seen those traveler's notebooks. Those are seem very fancy. And, and for me, what I think it is, is that you, you have to know what it is that makes you happy, what it is that makes a thing feel like it has value to you um, before before you can like run out and spend all the money on it. You know, some people are actually like really, really super content with just being like composition notebook. Here mm-hmm. we go. Need, you know, one subject notebook. Here we go. And some people really do need a, a different quality or, or things to add to it or, or whatever to make it feel like something that you want to pick up every day, something that that has value to you uh, as a thing itself. And then there are some people who are like, well, I just can't, I won't get out of bed for less than, you know, <laughs> the, the Mont Blanc or whatever <laughs> pen. I'm like, okay. The thousand dollar. Right. You know, whatever floats your boat. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's all going to depend on like, what it is that you love. I mean, I, I have, I have some fountain pens. Do I know the names of them? I do not. I'm a terrible fountain pen person. You know one. <laughs> well, I do love my, my preppy pen, yeah, there you which go. is a Japanese fountain pen, <laughs> which is basically, it's the equivalent of, you know, a Bic pen in Japan because it's <laughs> meant to be disposable. Like it's a plastic fountain pen, but it's actually one of the best fountain pens I've ever tried in part because it, um, the way that the cap works, it keeps the tip of the fountain pen from sort of drying out. So like if you've put the preppy pen away for a month and you open it again and start writing, like there may be like a half a second where the ink isn't flowing, but the ink starts flowing right away. Whereas with other fountain pens, usually the more expensive ones, like if you leave it for a month, that fountain pen is not happy with you. It's like, why did you leave me? Why mm-hmm. did you leave me, Tempest? I was all alone <laughs> in this drawer. So I'm not giving you any ink. I'm just not. And you're like, hang it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that's why I like the preppy. But, you know, the, the pens that I use every day are actually um, a Pentel Energel and um, a, a couple of pens that I have that fit Parker gel refills because I'm an, I'm an ink gel person. I just love them. And so Pentel Energels are not expensive. Parker refills are not expensive. We won't talk about the actual pens that these uh, core cores are going into and how expensive those were but They're you know the actual <laughs> yeah the, but the actual ink is is not expensive at all and but but I love those pens and I have gotten to my love of those pens um from spending a lot of years like trying different pens and and a lot of years handwriting because I handwrite in my my creative journal and so I know what I like and therefore 
you know, if I, if somebody took away everything today and they were like, here's, you know, a hundred dollars for you to, to replace everything so you could have your perfect bullet journal, ex, you know, experience, I would know what to get because I've, I've done all this before. But if you don't know what your perfect journal, bullet journal experience is going to be, I still say that going out and getting something inexpensive or something that you at least have some kind of experience of knowing that you like using first figure out what it, you know whether or not bullet journaling works for you work it out because there's nothing worse than trying to work out what you want in a bullet journal in a very expensive journal and then being like I don't want any of this and then mm-hmm. you know that you can just you know keep flipping the pages and go on but you won't or some of you won't and you'll be sad. So <laughs> so work it out in something that's less expensive first. Try it out in something less expensive first. And then once you're like, okay, this is my system. I can do this. Then start thinking about what is it that I like in paper? What is it that I like in a journal? What do I need on the cover of my journal? Do I need something fancy or do I need something plain in order to feel like I can use it? Mm-hmm. What kind of pen should I use? Am I happy with this big pen? Do I need to go out and try the Pilot Varsity? You know, whatever. It's because it's all part of the process. It's all part of putting together the tools that allow you to feel comfortable, to feel like you can do something instead of fighting against them. Because you don't want to be using a pen that you pick up and you're like, oh, Jesus, this pen again. Right. You're not going to do it. So, yeah. So, so it is important to like know what tools you need in order to feel good about it. But you don't always know those things going into bullet journaling. But some people will. Some people will know exactly. They'll be like, oh, yeah, this is what I need. You're like, okay, cool. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. The last thing you want is to fight with your tools. Same problem with the apps. Like we've talked about, you know, spend $40 on an app, which I'm happy to do. I I don't mind at all. I'm happy to give money to app developers, but I want to be able to use that, especially if it's an expensive app. You know, I want to know that, that, uh, my investment is going to be something that's, that's going to stay with me. Um, I'll, I like uh, Paper Me Ink Joy pens. I think they're they're pretty great. Uh, the gel ones. I haven't tried the bullet the bullet journal ones. Jeez, I haven't tried the bullet point ones. Um, and you know, for fountain pens, I like the Twisby Eco. It's thirty dollars. Um, it's my my recommended like my go to starter pen. Other than Preppies, which I've never used, but I've heard really good things about. Like if you want to get into actually using your own ink and that kind of thing, the Twisby Eco is the pen I recommend. And also it has some of those properties, Tempest, that you were talking about. Like I can leave it for a month inked and then come back to it and it still writes. Um, all the ink hasn't dried out. Whereas my like $300 Visconti, whatever, uh, I leave that for a couple of days and it it's like, nope, I'm dry now. <laughs> and I'm like, but I just filled you and then I have to clean it and How whatever. How dare you leave me? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, use, I think... With a thing like this, you want to use something reliable, at least as you're getting started, over something that is fancy. And then you can decide, you know, as you go, what what you want to upgrade in. I totally agree with the, you know, investing and finding joy um, in in the things that you're using. But I, I would definitely, my tack is more like... Find a system that you're gonna you're gonna work with or will work with you, and then invest more in it as you go. Um, but I guess that's a budgetary thing for people to decide on their own. No, do what we tell you to do. Do it. I mean, Tempest is pretty smart, but so is Jay. So I don't know. Everybody's great. Um, 
I I asked for uh for like parting words from Jay or or I guess continuation of tips. Um, and he said something that I really loved. So let me play that. But ultimately it's it's experiment, fail fast and often, and just give yourself time to adjust to it. Cause you're not it's not gonna be perfect the first time you do it. Fail fast and often. I love that. I want it to be my mantra and I want to be okay with it. Like, <laughs> I think you have to write that at the very beginning of your bullet journal. Uh, okay. Like, like on the first page, fail fast and often. On the cover, maybe even, especially if it's a composition notebook. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that I've really had to come to terms with in my life that I feel like we all have to come to terms with, but some of us do it better than others is that, uh, if I'm not failing, I'm not learning. If I'm not doing things wrong, I'm not learning. And if I'm not learning, I'm not getting better at anything. Um, and so I, when he was like fail fast and often, I was like, Oh yeah, that, that, that applies literally to everything. And, um, I don't know, letting go of perfection because there is no such thing as perfection. It's still really hard, though. That's true. I mean, I feel like in many ways, at least for me, bullet journaling has been about, you know, sort of that principle because, okay, I, I sit down, I'm like, whoo, here we go. It's the morning. I got my whole day ahead of me. What do I have on my to-do list? Let me just write all these things down. My goodness, this list is long. But I can do this. End of the day comes and I'm crossing off things. I'm like, oop, didn't do that. Got to migrate it to the next day. Didn't do that. Things get migrated. Sometimes things get migrated for a week. And one of the things I do notice about when I migrate a task is like bullet journaling, you know, sort of emphasizes saying what it is that you need to do in few words. Like you don't write a paragraph about that one bullet point, you write a few words, but every time I migrate it, it becomes fewer words until finally I'm just like, do that thing. <laughs> um, and, but it then allows me to really look at like, what am I avoiding when I do my to-do lists? What are the things that I'm writing down that I know I need to get done and make happen that I'm not getting done and making happen? Why is that? Why am I just not tackling this task? when I look at the the little bit of habit tracking that I do, why is it that I didn't hit this mark today? Why didn't I take my meds both in the morning and in the afternoon or, you know, write some words or only wrote, you know, this many words when I had time to write a whole lot more, whatever it is. It, it has made me a little bit more comfortable with admitting the places where I have fallen down and not gotten stuff done because it reveals something about what's going on with me. And those patterns are not always readily observable unless you're writing down what it is you are meant to be doing that day, recording what you did do that day, and taking a look at what you didn't get done. It doesn't mean that you have to, it's going to turn you into like the perfectly productive person because you're like, today I will win because all the to-dos will get crossed off. But it does provide a barometer, I guess, for for you and, and what you're doing so that even if you fail, it's not a failure because now you have a data point. And I think it's probably, again, having not bullet journal, but it's probably harder to avoid too. Like denial is a very powerful powerful tool in our arsenal um for you know for for reason sometimes good reason but often i think detrimentally um so i think it's it's good that like giving yourself the space and i guess uh, 
a filter so that you can be a little bit more objective when you're looking at things or, or noticing things um, is probably really beneficial. Yeah, I would say so. Yes. All right. So I'm going to let Jay tell you where you can find him. Sure. So if you want to just talk to me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's where I am probably the easiest to get in touch with. Um, ask Aline about that. Um, but you can follow me at KJAY Miller. And if you want to learn about, you know, bullet journaling and maybe productivity apps, or if you're a person in tech that just wants to become more productive or more efficient or a better parent or be more of whatever you want to be more of, uh, check out productivityintech.com. We currently have four podcasts, a YouTube channel, and a blog. That's going to change. We're going to be adding more shows and we're going to be giving people the things that they need to become more productive, which means eventually there will be a bullet journaling podcast. I'm, I'm fleshing that idea out right now. So be on the lookout for that stuff at productivityintech.com and join our community uh, at all of that slash join. And of course, that will all be in the show notes. So I am going to start bullet journaling. Um, I, I'm trying to decide if I should if I should start tomorrow or if I should wait until two weeks from today when this episode actually drops. Uh, I probably should not wait. Um, but if you would like to join me in bullet journaling, um, I think maybe Instagram and Twitter are two great places where we can have a conversation about that. Um, so we should we should have a tash, hashtag. So uh, what would a good hashtag be? Bujo with Aline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could do that. So Bujo with Aline, that's B-U-J-O with Aline uh, on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, I will start monitoring that. And um, I think I'm actually going to start tomorrow and I will start posting with that hashtag. Um, and, <laughs> and then in two weeks when this episode go goes out, then you will know what all of that is about. Uh, so if you want to join me, share your share your spreads, uh, share your frustrations, uh, maybe find other people who are starting to bullet journal, that's the hashtag to look for on Twitter and Instagram. And I guess you could do Facebook but I honestly probably will not check Facebook for that. Um, yeah. Anything else, Tempest? I mean, just if bullet journaling doesn't work for you, don't feel bad because not everything is for everybody. And I feel like, uh, as we said, we're saying at the beginning of this conversation, the thing that stopped me from even considering bullet journaling at first is because I was made to feel like, it wasn't for me, but then I discovered that the system is, but not the way that everybody else does it. So I, I would just reiterate, don't let what other people are doing with their bullet journals that you either feel like you can't do or aren't comfortable doing dictate how you feel about what you're doing with your bullet journal. And if it doesn't work out for you, that's cool too. Um, because you you might be able to find an app that actually does work instead of only working 80% of the way for you. You might find another planner like the Passion Planner or just a regular old, you know, weekly planner that you buy in the Staples to be better for you. If that's true, yay, thumbs up and go for it. You know, all of the tools that we use for anything, for being creative, for being more productive, for basically trying to be the best versions of ourselves are always going to be highly personal. And, and I think that very often, and this is also true with bits of art creativity, that there are people who are like, this is the way it is. And if you're not this way, then you're not 
good enough or you're not a real ex, whatever it is. And that's simply not true. So if you are intrigued by bullet journaling, try it out. But if it doesn't work out for you, don't feel bad because Mm -hmm. something else will. I promise. Yeah. And I think that's a conversation I really want to have as part of kind of this Bujo with Aline hashtag is, uh, you know, what's working, what's not working and that kind of thing. I really would like to get a conversation started because uh, I do think it's intimidating. I don't think you and I are the only ones. So let's let's kind of break the intimidation down a little bit, see what happens. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you all. As always, uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Originality FM. You can find my personal uh, ranty account on Twitter at Aline. That's A-L-E-E-N. Tempest is on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. You can find the show and show notes at Relay.fm slash Originality slash four or in your podcast player of choice. I'm going to put a ton of links in there to... uh, the lectern and the bullet journal and the bullet journal store and all of that stuff so you can find those resources um and am i forgetting anything i don't think so i I mean we don't we don't yet have an outro yet so you know i kind of like the goofy little unorganized disorganized outro thing that 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 we have going on though i don't know i'm gonna put that in my bullet journal like bullet point think about outro just think about it. Don't think like, about write it. Anything. Just think about it. Yeah, just think. Mm-mm, just right. think. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until next week. Uh, no, until next episode. Um, be original. I don't know. You're great. Everybody's great. <laughs> <laughs>